welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good afternoon again. It is good to see you all here on this Ash Wednesday. Um, I'm Father Morgan Reed. I'm the vicar here. This is Father Ryan. He's our curate. And um, we welcome you to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. Uh, Earlier this week, um, and actually late last week, Pope Francis had called on the church broadly to set aside Ash Wednesday as a day of prayer and fasting for Ukraine. And I thought that was a really helpful thing for us to enter into as well, and I want to encourage us to join in that call. Um, so I want to ask us just over the next few minutes, um, literally two minutes, to just uh, offer up prayers for Ukraine as you feel led, uh, either silently or aloud. And then I'm going to close that time in prayer before we begin uh, with our homily together. Let me pray for uh, our time as we begin uh, looking at the scriptures together on the Sash Wednesday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, help us to learn to love the things that you love. We pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, the gospel passage today reminded me of something that a a friend had gone through. A friend of mine was in the process of purchasing a home in the area. And as people do, they had been looking through online listings for where to go and purchase a house. And after finding one that looked decent on the outside, they then went and they called their realtor and they scheduled a time and they went to go look at the house. Things that the house looked nice from the outside. As they drove up, it was a quiet neighborhood. Everything seemed decent. But then as they got closer to the house, some things started to look a little bit off. The deck was slightly uneven around the back of the house. And then the back door to the backyard was left a little bit ajar. And they realized that that door didn't actually shut. So they walked in. And when they walked in, there was um, an immediate wow factor followed by an ug factor. As they walked in, there was a finished kitchen. But there was also the smell of cigarettes. And as they were going through each room to look at this house... Each room was worse than the last. By the time they had reached the basement, they had seen enough of this house. They could see that there were structural problems way before there was ever going to be a home inspection. They couldn't get out of there quick enough. And so the previous owners, what they had done is they had taken care on their part to to look at the parts of the house that were going to be noticeable from the outside that would make great pictures um, and would attract potential buyers. They even redid the kitchen just to have some sort of wow factor. But the pomp and the, the frills of the small renovations and this curated yard didn't actually address the issues that existed in the structural integrity of the home. Just like a house, it can be easy for you and I to focus our attentions on the things that are external, the things that make us look externally put together and well without realizing that there's a crack in the foundation or that there's a serious leak in the roof that needs repair, real structural damage. 
In our gospel passage today, Jesus talks a lot about doing good in secret and praying in secret. That interior place is where we actually repair the structural damage that's been caused by years of sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And yet, when we ask what keeps us from prioritizing that time with God in the interior life, uh, we can start to list a litany of distractions that we might have that usually indicate that being left alone with God and, and with our thoughts before God is, is either overwhelming to us out of fear or it's just unproductive. Perhaps for some people, there's an unwillingness to open ourselves up to God's grace because to do that would mean that we have to open ourselves up to him taking away from us those broken places that we've grown to feel are comfortable. Perhaps there's an unwillingness to open ourselves up to God's grace because of the amount of time that it's going to take and all the things that I need to do throughout the day to accomplish my very important contributions to the world. And time with God doesn't necessarily move the needle forward on those productive items. What Jesus teaches us in this warning about external righteousness is that working on our interior life with God is the foundational work of the kingdom. Are there ways that we need to grow in loving our neighbors? Are there ways that, there, uh, that sins and brokenness need to be healed in our lives? I'm sure there are. Yes and yes. And um, they will be healed in God's timing. And the repair work begins by prioritizing our life with God. And that life with God is the deep well that spills over into the healing of ourselves and other people. It's not confusing the symptoms and the causes. So this Lent, our sermon series is going to focus on slow discipleship in an instant society. And we start today with the slow work of investing in our interior life with God. The interior life with God involving prayer and self-denial and giving of ourselves for the good of others. And it's in that secret place where we discover the things that we value, the things that we really prioritize when nobody's looking. Maybe better words for that, uh, the, the values and priorities could be loves and affections. What are our loves and affections when nobody's watching? In the secret place with God, we grow our capacity to receive his grace and to align our loves with what God loves. So in the gospel... Jesus warns uh, about those who give, fast, and pray in order to be seen by other people. It's not just that they're seen by other people, but that little phrase is important, in order to. There's a cause there. They're giving so that they will be seen by other people. They're praying so that they'll be seen by other people. They're fasting so that they will be seen by other people. And instead, we need to begin with uh, prayer. Uh, we need to begin prayer with our need for God's help. So there's a devotional writer named Richard Foster. And, and one of the things that he talks about is the idea of petition or asking. And it's really at the heart of all prayer. He says petitionary prayer remains primary throughout our lives because we're forever dependent upon God. It's something that we never really get beyond, nor should we ever want to. At the heart of petition is the recognition that you and I have a need for God's help. 
Um, interestingly enough, it's actually something I was working on with my two-year-old this morning. Um, he said, Daddy's scared. It's the first time he's really using the word scared. And so my wife and I taught him a simple prayer. Jesus, help. And it, our heart's desire, the thing that we fundamentally need to know, is that we need Jesus' help. It's something we have to learn early and we shouldn't let go of. It's easy to mask our need for God's help with good things externally. You can think of it as using God to escape from God. Someone can pray in public well. They can deliver great sermons. They could have a well-curated life from the outside. They could give to local charities. And through all those good things, gloss over the fact that they are desperately in need of God's help. And it's when that happens that we start to view prayer as unproductive. Or we start to forget to make time to spend with the Lord a priority. Are we creating spaces to open ourselves up to God's grace each and every day? Perhaps we only have moments, um, time to just pray simply, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Some of you know that is the Jesus prayer. Just praying that simple thing reframes the day really helpfully. Maybe that's all we have time for in this season. Maybe we have more. But it reframes our day through the interior life with God, because that is where God's grace is discovered. So when we give up things like cheese or or wine or alcohol or something else for Lent, or we give a little bit of uh, more to a local charity, or we read an extra book, or we build new times of prayer, those are all helpful. And they're helpful insofar as they point us to the foundational work of cultivating our inner life with God. So the musical artist, um, Sandra McCracken, she has this beautiful song called In the Secret of His Presence. And in the final verse, what she says is this, would you like to know the sweetness of the secret of the Lord? Go and hide beneath his shadow. This shall then be your reward. And whenever you leave the silence of that happy meeting place, you will surely bear the image of the master in your face. So you and I might be able to think of 101 reasons why we're too, pri- too busy to prioritize that life with Jesus. And, and I've been asking this question of myself uh, as I begin to pre- prepare for Lent. Um, and I would invite all of us to ask this question is, how can I love the things that God loves if I'm unacquainted with his love? How can I love the things that God loves if I'm unacquainted with his love? And it's that deep interior work. It's a slow process to become acquainted with God's love. And so it's that interior work of acquainting ourselves with God's love that's found in Jesus Christ that repairs the broken structures of our lives so that we can actually love God and so that we can love the things that God loves and so that we can show that love to others. And so I want to invite us in this Lenten season to breathe, to slow down, to reprioritize the interior life of our walk with Jesus, the foundational work that acquaints us with the love of God. And then that reframes our lives in the light of God's grace, his saving grace for his people. I want to take a moment to be silent before the Lord. And then after that silence, You're going to be invited to receive ashes as a reminder of our mortality and our frailty and the fact that in God's grace, he loves us in our frailty and mortality, that he has grace for his people. And so Father Ryan and I will um, 
impose ashes on one another and then on Andrew. And then after that, I'll be down here imposing ashes. You can come forward as you feel led. There's not an order. Um, And so then after that, we'll have a time of repentance and we'll have a moment, a time to celebrate the Eucharist together. But now let's uh, take a moment just to be silent before the Lord.